Welcome to the Automation Mastery Podcast. This is your host, Justin Morgan of AutomationMastery.net. Here to help you automate your business, master your destiny, and maximize your impact. Let's get to the episode. Let's chat. Make sure it gets captured on my actual computer. You know, I got to make sure all the technology and everything is tight. You know how we roll over here, y'all. So I'm going to go ahead and get started here in a second. I just want to make sure that everybody can hear us, see us, and all that jazz. And we are live officially over on Facebook. Perfect. Look, uh, I've been having a number of conversations. I said with y'all, I was going to stay consistent. And I wanted to make sure I'm bringing quality folks on that you get to hear from in separate areas. Now, I know one of the biggest problems for us, for anybody, coaches, speakers, trainers, especially when we're first starting out, is generating leads, it's getting attention, it's getting in front of the right people at the right time with as, as least amount of effort as possible. And so today's episode, I'm excited to bring this man on. First off, he's cool. Uh, if y'all never heard him, seen him, I've had a chance to know. We'll get into the stories here in a second. But today, today, today is all about a certain challenge. Um, and it's about, again, getting us out in front of more people with the right content, obviously producing more leads in the business. So today's guest is an expert in one area that I love, right, for a number of reasons. And so y'all are going to really enjoy this today. So automators, again, welcome. We're here for another edition of the Automation Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, of course, Justin Morgan. Help coaches and speakers create automated systems that save time and generate more revenue. And today, now what's funny is, is and an, an, so him and I met like more, re- let's say more recent, but been probably like six-ish years, so now. Uh, but I actually met you before. Now, and I didn't even realize that I, I I realized it obviously I realized it some time ago, but I think at the time that I met you, I didn't realize that I really met you because I didn't like I didn't really, I didn't really know who you were. <laughs> I wasn't really focused on who you were at that point in time. So it's kind of funny that and I met him later and it didn't really click in my head till a little bit later that, oh, I've seen this guy before. I didn't even know that I've seen this guy before. But anyway, um, real quick, Barrett, I'm going to let you come on. Just tell us real quick who you are. Uh, like, what do you do? Um, because I, I can't do it all justice. So real quick, if you had to give folks your, you know, quick intro, tell us who you are, where you're from, and how you serve. Well, first of all, I want to know who am I. You said you said before <laughs> before you knew who I was. I'm like, who am I? But uh, but my name my name is Barrett Matthews. Everybody, uh, what I do is I work with executives and entrepreneurs to help them find their ideal clients who may not know they exist but want to pay them. And mm-hmm. I do that through the use of media, specifically podcasting. I do, but I use media to do that. Okay, perfect. The tech worry out of things. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah, we'll dive a little bit more into that because there's a lot to unpack here. As y'all come in, you also tell us who you are, where you're from, and how you serve. Okay, that's important, right? I want to see what y'all do. Um, just so y'all know, and you know, I'll let the the folks on here know. Um, these will end up on my public page. As a matter of fact, this one's being streamed here. It's being streamed on YouTube as well. Um, I also throw some ad dollars behind my content unless Facebook rejects this video. Um, it will get swirled into a mix of content that gets beyond just the organic reach. So I like to kind of push this stuff out there. So as long as they like us, Barrett, uh, you know, you'll get this out to other folks. And of course, that means if you're in the comments as well, uh, that me shouting out your business also gets out there to other places. So just keep those things in mind. It's a way to network um, beyond you. So, um, of course, payment that we ask for this amazing content from everybody. Uh, obviously, if you listen via the podcast, make sure you, you know, uh, you know, leave us a rating. Um, send us a message if you're over on Anchor. Of course, that's at ampodcast.net. Uh, if you're over on YouTube and all that jazz, there's a subscribe button. There's a follow button. You know, just hit it. 
it's all cool. And then, of course, check out Barrett Matthews, the productive podcaster, uh, as well over on YouTube. He's putting out good content. And if you think I have amazing people on my channel, on my, my show, they need to check out his stuff. Uh, mine's still better, but, you know, his is a, is a close second. I've had you on. It's a close second. He had me on there. So that 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 that's fair. Um, real quick to answer your question, though. Okay. Because, so I know Barrett, and he's going to break the story, but, you know, he actually started in production. Um, and I think after, I don't know, again, I want to know kind of where the bridge was between the production stuff and then, the that period of network marketing but i met you in metro before i realized like i had met you in metro because you were the upline for a guy that brought me in and so i think you came to one of the meetings and it wasn't until later on that it clicked that oh who was the guy that brought that was jerry Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Young, I think, or Jerry. Oh, no, I wasn't Young. Jerry's upline. I, I just we just I, had the meeting there. Or yeah, something I knew like Jerry. That. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, it's funny because I drove by his house yesterday, <laughs> his neighborhood yesterday. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So I think because we had we had the meetings in this place that was so good. If y'all if y'all don't know this area, it's a place called Greenbelt. Um. And it's like a I don't know if it was Greenbelt or, or over by the Armwork, 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 um, Metro Station or something. There's like a building. Yeah, that was uh, the New Carrollton area. Actually. Okay, yeah, there you go. New Carrollton area. Um, yeah, I just remember going there and going into meetings and I just, it it, it just did dawn on me till later. And like, I had met you and uh, there's one other gentleman that kind of sticks out on my head in terms of uh, folks in the Metro organization that like, I remember. Um, yeah. So it was just cool to then the years you know the time passes it's amazing and it's, it's like how they intertwine you were my roommate so. right. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were the roommates who never really shared a room no, right. but shared a room right because because um if y'all think like the stuff that goes on in the marketing world is crazy now imagine you going into an event and the idea of the event is that we're going to run for three days straight and it's not just three, like three and nights right and, night. it, and i i don't think like three days straight yeah see me from morning to night like no meaning eight o'clock on friday through sunday as in there's always something going on two in the morning you will find something going on two three four five (laughs) o'clock in the morning um yes so that's why we were roommates that never shared a room because we were splitting time right (laughs) we were never in the room or if he was sleeping i was was gonna change clothes that was it exactly (laughs) exactly so um it Man, and I kind of it's what's what's sad is I miss that stuff. I do too. Right? I, I don't please don't tell them you know who, but, <laughs> <laughs> but let me tag him in a comment, right? <laughs> you know, he's been in the lab, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> Virtual sleepover. Um, <laughs> so somehow, somehow it'll happen. Anyway, oh, anyway, 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 and then so I bring up that, and I know it's it's funny to joke about that event, but to me that event represented a lot in terms of I think what a lot of us want in this day and age when we're starting our business, right? Because that event, that saving two hours of power event, was an opportunity for a lot of people to get introduced to a lot of other speakers, coaches, mm-hmm. trainers, get a lot of leads, get a lot of business that they would not have otherwise have had access to. Yeah. And so yeah. when I think of what you do and I think of a podcast, I think of a platform that allows anyone to start a platform that gives you access to it's an opportunity to network and reach people you otherwise would have not before. And that's really what I think of when I think of production yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, so like, I'm curious, right? Because the production world 
intrigues me. And I always, and again, going up through the folks that we know, yeah. I've got a chance to kind of learn the production aspect from the marketer side yeah. and really not the traditional side. And so like, how did you end up in production in the first place? And, and, and what did that really look like for you as a part of that experience? Well, it, it's funny. I grew up as a kid who spent a lot of time watching television. And um, when I, I, I just, it's funny. I tell people it's kind of a funny story because the, the, the Brady Bunch watching Mr. Brady made me want to be an architect. So I hmm. thought I wanted to be an architect. I, and I was good at drawing and stuff. I loved it. Got to college as an architecture major and architecture kicked my butt. <laughs> the drawing part was fine. It's the physics and the structures and all that. It, it kicked my butt. So I said, I got to change my major because my grades aren't getting any better. And I remember having a conversation with my sister and she said, well, why don't you go into like broadcasting, radio and television? You've always liked that. And my thought was, and I said this to her, I said, well, doesn't everybody? <laughs> I didn't think of it as a major. I didn't think of it as a career. I really did. And I changed my major to mass media arts and hmm. my grades shot up. I was dean okay. for this, everything. Okay. Then, I mean, I got involved. I was on the school newspaper writing articles. I was the sports uh, uh, sports director of the radio station. I would go to all the games. I would call the games. I'd do color and play-by-play. -play. <laughs> I, I hosted uh, the sports uh, magazine shows. I did the sports cast on the news at, uh, for, our, for our campus. I, I, was, I was doing everything. I, at one point, someone called me Mr. Mass Media because <laughs> I was just doing everything. And I loved it. It was compared to architecture. This was fun. And now I did then I my going into my senior year, and I did some internships in between there. But going into my senior year, I got a chance to have an internship at um, Channel 9 here in the D.C. area, WUSA TV. And funny thing happened while I was doing that. I was I was a sports intern. Of course, and then and then um, I it, one day, while after picking out some highlights for the sportscast, I walked into the, the sports room, and there was uh, James Brown, sportscaster, hmm. and James said, "This is he probably didn't even, I know he doesn't remember this, but he said he said, hey guys, uh, give me some names of some race car drivers." So I started just naming some race car drivers. Now I don't know auto racing per se, but I know the name. Okay. So I named some of them. He said, oh, wow, a brother that knows auto racing. <laughs> and ever since that time, he kind of took me under his wing. And he even helped me with putting together my senior thesis that I had to put together. Then when I got out of school, I was you know, trying to find a job. He put in a word for me there. He helped me, helped me get a job there. Well, I had some other people help me as well, but he was one of the pivotal people. Okay. And I, was, see, I knew going into my senior year that, you know, although I did a lot of on-air stuff in college, I wasn't going to be on air coming out of college. So I had to work more on my production stuff. I had to work on the behind the scenes, the putting together the shows, the writing. And to be honest with you, Justin, I like that more than on air. Because okay. I, I love there's something about, and you know this better than anybody, there's something about putting something together and watching it come together and work to make everything. You know, it's, it's a great feeling, this, that, and I love that. And I, I fell in love with production. And then, you know, after, after Channel Nine, I, I well, after, after, after I got the job there, I was a, I was an assistant director there, and great times, man. That was some fun times. Got to learn a lot more about television, about production side of things. Made some great relationships, and it got me an opportunity. And, and James Brown did this as well. Got me an opportunity to, to move up to New York to work for CBS Sports, which was something I told people in college I was going to do. Never thought I'd be doing it two years out of college, but. <laughs> But it gave me an opportunity, and I still am close with some of the people that I worked with there uh, at CBS. And so it was, you know, I, it was it was a chance to you know to work in production with some of your idols. Man, I got to work with Brent Musburger. I got to work with with uh, Irv Cross, the late Irv Cross. I got to work with Terry Bradshaw, Dick mm. Butkus. Yeah, it was, it okay. Was, got have walking through the streets of New York with Dan Fouts, having conversations, just me and him. It was, it's just stuff like that. It was like so cool. I, I got to, one time I got to make a phone call. This was part of my job. I got to set up an interview for someone to go interview Roger Starback. So I got to talk to Roger Starback. Hmm. It, was, it was just, it was just cool stuff. And so some of you may not know who the heck we're talking about, but these are <laughs> legends in sports. And it's, a, it's just, 
cool to be able to talk to these people and to actually work with them and so forth. But it was a dream come true for me, and I got to I got to do that. So I, it was one of those things that I, you know, I, as I look back on it, it was so long ago. I was just thinking yesterday. I was like, God, that was thirty years ago. But um, but you know, it's just you know, time flies. But I learned a lot, and it's helped me to move forward in other areas of my life. Good, 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 then. Definitely cool. You got to talk to Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, we had we had dinner. That was cool. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Jeez, I needed to be at that table. <laughs> no, the the best conversation actually was with Dan Fouts. Yeah. Okay. Because I it was you know how like okay I was watching the game one time and he he threw a pass in the in the back of the end zone and I didn't know if he was throwing it away or throwing it to Don Jefferson. Don Jefferson goes up with one hand just grabs the ball and pulls it right at the end line for a touchdown to win the game. And I asked him about that, and I wanted to know if he was throwing it away or, or, you know, throwing it to him. And it was cool hearing it from the horse's mouth. He said, I was throwing it away. Okay. And he said, AJ just would have made a great catch. And I was like, I always wondered that. It was, like, cool to hear it from that person. So that was just fun to me, just to be able to talk to him about that. Perfect. Cool. That, I, that's actually something – it's like the intentionality of things, mm-hmm. right? With some of those plays, it's like oh, that was genius, right? To right, them, it's right, just like right. exactly he was throwing uh, it away. I was, I was just throwing the ball away. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I had no intent, right? I and that's no the thing intent. is, like, that was what that's why I was that was my favorite conversation because I I always wondered and never thought I would find out. Mm. So that was cool. Okay, okay, okay. So now, because. I can hear and feel the excitement, mm-hmm. right? So what happened? Okay. So like, so so where where like when when did so what happened to stop that? Because like this seems cool like, compared oh, I to the something else in this cup for that question. This is a this is a great question actually. <laughs> so let me tell you what happened. So what happened? <laughs> Actually, uh, I had a college professor that once said to us, you have not worked in television until you've been fired. <laughs> so when it came to my evaluation at CBS, one of the gentlemen, and well, not one, well, it was a few people. They said that they did not like my work. And I said to the person, they keep, keep in mind, they waited until they were all gone to the Super Bowl. So I couldn't face them, of course. <laughs> they were all got a Super Bowl. I'm serious. And then, then the person brings me in to tell me this news. And she was telling me who said this, who said that. And I'm like, I've never worked with either of those people. And then this one person that I did work with said that I never gave him what he wanted when he needed. And I said, that's funny because I actually put together a project, me and an editor put together a project for him that he got credit for where he was told that was his best work. <laughs> and he is still thriving in television production. He was on several shows that you all know of as, as, as executive producer, but you know, that's the way things roll. And I've talked to other people who've worked with him and they have the same opinion as I, but it, that's what happened. I got, um, I got, I got fired. And then I, you know, I worked at, for a local um, Montgomery community television. I worked with them for a little bit. Then I just got out of television. I just got out of the media altogether. But you know, just as you try to get out, it pulls you back. So, <laughs> so what was the? That's what I'm trying to figure out is is because I'm trying to kind of communicate to everybody, right? Mm-hmm. That is trying to hit those major milestones of business, mm-hmm. um, especially if they're coming from the corporate world whatever world they decided to, or maybe they were coming from one business to another, one professional career to another, that there are some things you're going to take from these beginnings, right? And there'll be some yeah. lumps you're going to get. Yeah. Um, so, and, and what I'm also trying to do is kind of a little different because when folks, folks see ads now and they see the presentations and everything, it's all about, there's always one little sob story and then there's the Lamborghinis and the condos and the beaches, right? So yeah. there's, but there's like the, all this other space in between mm-hmm. that 
I think often kind of gets undervalued. Yeah. Where it's yeah. just just like the little things, such as yeah. what did you do when you left the community? Like, yeah, like, what got, what, I, what pulled you out of that? Maybe you got great questions because uh, <laughs> what actually happened then, and I was still looking for a job in television. Okay. And I got a postcard about coming to an interview. And the lady's name on it, I, that last name, I said, that last name, I said, the only one I know that last name is the girl I went to college with. So I answered the, it said, call if you're looking for work. Okay. So I went in and it was a network marketing company, not, not Metro, it was a different met- network marketing company. But when I, when I went into the office, it was that girl I went to college with, she was there. Okay. And her mother was the, was the lady running the office. And I started working with them and one thing that triggered in me was, I can't get fired here. Hmm. You know, because I just got hmm. fired. I was like, you mean I can control this situation for myself? Hmm. So I realized as long as I work, I got to check. <laughs> and, and she used to always say, Barrett's always going to eat. <laughs> so I made sure I put in work. And this is something that she did that I thought was very important and always stuck with me. She asked me when she was interviewing me, she said, so what do you what do you want to do in the next year? What do you see yourself doing? Now, I'll tell you, Justin, I don't know where this came from. I tell everybody, God just put this in me. I said, I want to move to Atlanta. Hmm. And I I never wanted to move to Atlanta until I said that, to be honest with you. I used to want to move to LA, but it's, I, I want to move to Atlanta. So then all of a sudden, because I think at that point, I'd only been to Atlanta maybe once, but then okay. he started introducing me to people. She would say, Justin, this is Barrett. He's going to open up an office for us in Atlanta. That's how she would introduce me, by selling me on my dream. To, mm. to the point where I said, well, i got to put up a shut up. <laughs> yep. And so then what happened was I procrastinated. Now I know it's hard to hear, but <laughs> I procrastinated for three years mm. on going to Atlanta. I kept saying, and some of the people listening, you may know this story for yourself. I can't do it until I get this right. I can't go until I get that right. And then I finally had to say to myself, Barrett, you're never going to get everything perfect. Just go. So I set a goal. This was back in 1994. I said, I'm going to go before my birthday. My birthday is May 15th. I left on May 1st. I just Mm. went to Atlanta. And I didn't look back. And I, you know, I, I was there for almost 15 years. Then I moved back up to this area, but I learned a lot. It taught me a lot. I was in that business. Then I got out of that and started actually doing real estate appraisal. Once again, I am my own boss. I, I could not, I became what I call unemployable to where I could not work a job for anyone else anymore. Cause I'd already, I'd already conditioned myself to, to the point where my mindset was if I even went in for an interview, I'd ask myself, why am I trying to impress this person? And that, that's what came over me. So, I, and like I said, I'm not knocking anyone that has a job. It's just, that's how I started looking at it because I had been working for myself for so long. Right. And it was that, I did that. And I, then real estate appraisal went great until 2007 when the mortgage industry hit that wall. And if nobody could get a mortgage, nobody needed an appraisal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I started looking for work and I got offered an independent contractor position, once again, still working for myself, to move up to Maryland and work for a company we're familiar with, Long Fence and Home. Okay. And I, I did that, came back up this way, did that, and they started, the economy started getting to them, where they were about, to, they were laying off people left and right, and that's actually when I found Metro. Mm. And I did, a, you know, did work in, for those of you who don't know, Metro is a, a public insurance adjusting company. Uh, helping people with insurance and to get paid fairly. So I started doing that and I excelled in that. And I was, I remember very clearly, I was working at the, the um, you remember the, the, the CEO space over in Green, Greenbelt? Mm-hmm. I was over there working with my people in Metro and our good friend, Mr. Ops came by <laughs> and he saw me and he saw me work with, he said, Man, you you really put a foot up there, but you saw me leave the group. He said, "You need to be some type of coach, some type of action or productivity coach or something." And then said, "But you need to write a book too." <laughs> so he was he was pushing me to be a coach, pushing me to write a book. 
So, and that's how I actually started morphing into where I am now. So of course, then I, I'm starting to actually be more of a, I have to create this now. I have to create who I am. And that's who I am. I'm a creative type. So being a creative now, writing the book and I started doing videos and stuff. So guess what? The media is coming back <laughs> and it's natural for me. So I started hosting radio shows. I know you remember me and Chris doing a show together, yeah. me and Kelly doing a show. I just started doing those things and doing more videos and writing a couple more books. And it was just, it was just easy for me. And I was, of course, we were, it was internet radio that it was not necessarily always called podcasting. Right. And, but once you did the radio broadcast, it was still a podcast. So it was, um, it, and that's how I got into it. And I, my good friend, who I, when I was doing real estate appraisal in Atlanta, had a good, I had a friend, he wasn't a close friend at that time, but we were friends. And you're familiar with him, the late, great Mr. Clark Garrison. Right. And Clark, he was a real estate investor, a very good real estate investor, but the mortgage crash hurt him badly. And he wrote a book called How to Survive the Next 365 because he had to survive. He had gone from millions to downhill bad. So he had to survive. Then he started Survival Radio Network using Blog Talk Radio, which he mm. grew into one of the top radio networks on, on Blog Talk Radio. I worked with him on some things and helped him increase even more I brought him a lot of guests. Okay. A lot of the, the guests that we all know that have been on there that have started show. I'm the one that brought them to. They don't even know I brought them to him a lot of times. <laughs> but, but I'm serious. He had people that started shows on his network that didn't know that I'm the one that brought them to him. <laughs> okay. But but it's just but yeah but the, the thing is it was one of those things that I the media was in me at this point it was back and. I just had to figure out which way I was going to use it to my benefit and to help other people as well. So okay. that's Perfect. what happened in that little break there. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't a little break. Yeah, it wasn't. Was... It, was, it was a long time. It was really over a decade. So real quick, right? Because I want folks to understand and what part of that decade. So after you left, after you left the TV station, right, and you mm -hmm. got the call from the friend, mm -hmm. um, you got the, you know, you saw the opportunity from the friend to do the network yeah. marketing mm -hmm. thing. Did you feel like you hit an income level that you felt strongly about in terms of it being at a consistently high level? I can cover my bills and then some. Like, how long did it take you to feel like you got to that point? Um, it was probably a couple of years. Okay. Probably a couple of years. Cause so, I had to, you know, I started out, um, part-time in network marketing and I look and I had a part-time job at Montgomery community television too. So I was still struggling. I was broke. And then things started picking up after I got, you know, a hold of what I was doing. Uh, a college, another college friend of mine, he was with the company too. So he and I, we, we helped each other, supported each other, even even got a place together, started building each other up. Then he started doing better. He moved to North Carolina. I started doing better. I moved to Atlanta. And things were, things were getting better. And the thing about me moving to Atlanta is it forced me to step my game up. Mm. I didn't have that support system. So I had to step my game up. You know, I had, don't get me wrong, I had some people to help me when I first got there. Because you know, I stayed with my cousin for a minute until I got some things up. Then I got my own place. But it forced me to step my game up because I had no support system. And it's one of those things that I, I tell people when you, when you, when you, you know, take away the crutches, you're going to have to learn to walk or you're going to fall. I agree 100% with that. And I think it's even, you know, I'd, I'm going to get deep for a second. Okay. You know, I think it's, I think it's even deeper than that. Because with we have a, we have another good marketing guy who also um, I guess kind of touched on this principle. It's really just kind of the there's like physics to success, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so when you're stuck in one spot, like in the same place, there's only just like you're physically stuck in one area. There's only so many things within my grasp right now. It's not mm -hmm. till I move, like right. go access something else. 
um, there's only emotionally, right? This, it's only until we're moved emotionally yeah. by yeah. some stimulus that we start to experience stronger, deeper, and more fulfilling emotions, whether it be from a person, something we're listening yeah. to, something we're seeing. And so even with success, even with trying to reach new levels, it's sometimes not until you physically move into another space, another place, that you, again, one, change That's your true. access. That's but true. there's a couple of things that happen. One, you change the access to the things you have access to. And again, two, um, you get, again, you kind of move away from the things that are either hampering you, yeah. right, which is a thing, or the things that are holding you up, yeah. which you think are holding you up so that you can stand. That is deep. It's 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 not until again the glider is off the stilts that the thing can actually take yeah, off, right? Let me tell you how deep that is because you just made me realize something that I hadn't real I hadn't thought about is that you know I'm sitting there thinking about you know I moved to Atlanta and got some but which what it was was and you just made me realize it it made it put me in a position not just to get away from you know crutches but it made me. It made me grow because, and, and remember I said, I did, I had no intention of going to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. God had a plan for me mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. he knew what I needed and I did. <laughs> so it was just, I had to get there in order to see what I could do. Cause I wasn't going to be able, it was like you know, the goldfish in the, in the small bowl as, a part, as opposed to getting in the pond. I had to get into that pond because I wasn't going to grow where I was. Mm. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. So for some of you all, and you're like, hey, I'm still trying to get this thing to work. I invested in this coaching program, but it's not helping me. Uh, I signed up for this course. I'm not making any money. And I'm working. I'm, I got my main thing. And maybe I did join this network marketing thing. And it's I feel like it's not making me any money. A lot of times, y'all, it, it it's Again, while there are a number of different strategies I know will help you, I know podcasts will help you, I know automation will help you. Sometimes you just need to do little simple stuff like make a move, like take off the parachute, like mm -hmm. step out on faith, yeah. like go somewhere new, mm -hmm. like take off the crutches, <laughs> like take a chance. And, and it sounds bubbly. Yeah. But so even today, right? So today was a cool day. Um, and it's, it's a day I haven't done for a while. Uh, it was just a me day. I don't do these. Yeah. I haven't done a me day in. Yeah. Outside of like Father's Day and, and birthdays, which in some ways are me days, but some ways they're not because, again, you know, my, my wife does like an itinerary or we kind of plan out trips and stuff like which is which is fine. Yeah. Okay. Which I still enjoy those times. Like I need those times. Those are good times. Right. Um, but a me day is a little different. It's where I'm just like, I feel like going to ride my bike today, so I'm gonna go do it. Right. Then I'm gonna go eat some junk afterwards, which is what I did today. <laughs> I went. I, I went. I went. I went and did a little bit of work at Panera, and then right. then rode my bike out in Rock Creek Park, then went and got oh, some wow. cinnamon rolls afterwards. Again, just I said this is what I wanted to do with my day, and I was like, "Okay, Jesse, what the heck does that have to do with anything?" Here, make sure I just tie things up, okay? So, I did that because, again, see this office. Again, we in this pandemic, so we haven't been traveling, right? We haven't really been going to area events, none of that stuff. And so, when you're stuck in one spot for too long, yeah everything becomes stagnant right right everything starts to just so today was the first time i really kind of just went out and moved into a different spot yeah did some work somewhere differently right went to a new space and it, good, it felt amazing because i sat there went to the park i sat there and just kind of let all the frustration go but what you don't understand is you can't let all that stuff go when you're in the same spot because I if I release that stuff here it's still here still but if there, I right? go somewhere else and release it I can leave it and right. so when you left home to go yeah. to Atlanta you can yeah. leave all the stuff at home yeah. and then go to Atlanta feeling fresh 
So some of y'all, it's like, yeah, I want to win. I want to do this stuff. But you got stuff that you just need to drop off at that last checkpoint yeah. as y'all move on to the next thing. Again, that's my... Two things I always say, Justin. I say, one, success and comfort don't mix. Mm -mm. And success and convenience don't mix. So sometimes you're going to have to get uncomfortable and inconvenient in order for yourself to be successful. Exactly. 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 Now, if, again, uh, uh, I know, we just had the soapbox moment, y'all. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Pardon. So let, let, let's give them a few practical things they can use. So I, I think those things we just talked about are actually more practical than people give yeah, credit. <laughs> but let's just say, it's like, Justin, I'm not sold. It sounds like every Tony Robbins book out there. So let's talk about some practical stuff. Okay. okay. Because again, and I'm gonna lean on you here because you're the, you're the podcast guy. Mm -hmm. Can you talk? So again, as somebody, let's assume that I'm John, and John's working a job that requires forty to forty-five minutes of his time, forty-five hours of his time per week. Mm -hmm. He has a couple kids mm -hmm. and a spouse, and he's trying to find a way to leverage that expertise he's built up over the last 20 years of his career and build a platform why like what are some good reasons or good little quick things he can do in the realm of podcasting that will help him do that a little bit easier than some other methods that most of us will try to push down his throat well the easiest thing as far as doing a podcast is he's working all that time and so forth. Russell Brunson did something that was so genius. He podcasted in his car. Yep. <laughs> yep. He podcasted <laughs> in his car. So, I mean, it doesn't get you. If you're always working, if you're in your car, hit record, man. Start talking. Because mm. the great thing about podcasting is that you don't have to be anybody but yourself. I hear people, they're trying to be perfect. No, nobody wants you perfect. People want you to be you. The people that listen listen to this show right here are listening because they like Justin to be Justin. And so this, so John can, can basically get in the car, hit record, and you got yourself a podcast. You just mentioned something about Anchor. Anchor's free. You can put, you can put it up on Anchor, and bam, you got yourself a podcast. Now what you, all, what you have to do is have a call to action. If you want to leverage it, you have to have a call to action. So what, what is it that you want your people to do who listen to your podcast? Because without a call to action, you're just talking to yourself. So yeah. <laughs> the main thing is that you want to make sure that you have something that you want, some action you want them to take in some way that you can connect with them. So meaning that get a CRM, get get some type of lead magnet, some type of way to collect their information through a landing page of some sort so that you can stay in touch with them. Hey, while you're at your, while you're at your job, John, you can send an email out to a few of them, let them know, hey, I hear you, I'm paying attention to you. Get a mm -hmm. Facebook group set up where they can come in and chime in. It's a way that you can leverage it. It doesn't require you to take time away from all the things you're doing at your job and your family and so forth and so on. It, I'm telling you, you can, it can, anybody can do it. We're getting practical. It's a matter of whether you will do it. Mm. And it, it, something you said earlier about, you know, somebody said they tried to network market and it didn't work. They tried this business and it didn't work. I'm going to tell you all something that you may not want to hear, but it's the truth. Network marketing does not work for anybody. Your mm. business does not work for anybody. You actually have to work it. <laughs> so it's never going to work for you. It is just a business. It is just an industry. It cannot do anything. You actually have to do the work. So if you're complaining that it's not working, start looking in the mirror. Because I, I honestly think that people, when people say that, they're just not being honest with themselves. Right. So I'm just saying, be honest with yourself. Tell, say, see, let, me, let me tell you something. I had a guy ask me years ago, actually a guy in Metro, he asked me, because the other company I was with, it was Primerica. He asked me, why did you leave Primerica? I said, because I didn't build my team well enough. And he said, wow, take the big person to admit it was them. It was me. I can't blame anybody else. It was right. me. Right. I said, because guess what? 
I know people, the person that trained me is a millionaire right now. So how can I say it don't work? <laughs> how can I say it don't work? It was me. I can right. be honest, it was me. So that's why I tell people, be honest with yourself and ask yourself, what could you do differently? So if you're looking to do a podcast and you haven't done it yet, ask yourself why. What is it that you're not doing? What is it that you're telling yourself negatively that is stopping you from making the progress that you need to make? And then change it. Move, as Justin said. And I'll add to that, right? Because there's many things that we see folks online that we want to do. Uh-huh. So it's easy to look at it and say, I could do that. And then by the, t- you know, by the time you get around to try to do it, it's like, oh, this is, I don't understand. But then we, we miss doing one key thing, right? And that's just asking for help. Like legit help. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, and, and, and and it's and it's simple sometimes, right? Because folks, have, you know, it's like, Justin, I don't get this tech stuff. And then it's like, well, I have a program where you can get all the tech help that you want. Or have a Tuesday show. We're going to ask any question you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, but you're too expensive. I have a Tuesday show. You can... I answer questions, man. You know, this is what I this is what and, I do. Now let me let me add to what you just said. <laughs> this is gonna hurt some people. Someone told me a long time ago, this nothing is too expensive. It's just that you can't afford it right now. Mm. And that's not mean that you won't be able to, but you can't afford it right now. So stop saying it's too expensive, because there wouldn't be a price that high if somebody couldn't afford it. Right. <laughs> so it's right. just the matter that you might not be able to yet. So it, say, hey, I can't afford it right now. Then ask yourself this. How can I afford it? What hmm. do I have to do to change my life so that I can afford it? Because if you see the value in it, you'll figure out a way. You'll figure, We've all done it. I mean, here's the thing. It, it's not about Justin's program. Think about those clothes that you wanted, that shoes, those shoes you wanted, that that car you wanted that you said is expensive, but you figured out a way to get it. Get it. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So those are things that you, those are luxury items. Guess what? They depreciate as soon as you get them. Right. If there's something that you know can help you grow, figure out a way, man. Figure out a way to make it happen. It didn't work like I don't know what to make it happen for yourself. Because we've all been there. Believe me. I used to say that stuff is too expensive thing. I don't say it anymore. Because I realized that if, if something is a price that is not what I wanted to pay, I need to figure out how to get it. I need to figure out how to get it. And then then go get it. Mm. Because we ask, we tell our brains we can't. When you tell your brain you can't, you make it shut off from what it's supposed right. to do. Right. Your brain, right. when you say, how can I, you make your brain figure out stuff. That's what it's supposed to do. And we, I, we say can't instead of how can I, and we, we're shutting off our brain, man. Stop. So get that out your head. If Justin's program is something you see that is valuable to you, figure out a way to do it. And I was going to say, especially in this podcasting space, y'all, like, and here's the thing, and we could do a whole other episode on this. Hmm. It's one thing to do something, and it's another to master it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do it with mastery in mind. And it's hard sometimes to tell the difference between somebody who is just doing something mm-hmm. and somebody who's operating in mastery. And so when I think of how you operate a podcast and the fact that some folks are going to see what you do mm-hmm. and they say, well, he's just doing it. So I'm just going to do that. Mm-hmm. But they don't understand the fact that you've been in production and you know the cadence, you know the timing. Yeah. You had experience with how you should voice yourself on the microphone how to put together a production schedule, how to time out your content, how to organize the writing of the, of the show and, and scripting mm-hmm. and all that stuff. You, the ad placements, yeah. what are good at, you have a firm mastery of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's, 
it's easy for us not be able to tell the difference between mm -hmm. again operating just watching somebody doing something and some mm -hmm. watching somebody operating a mastery and so don't while it's good to use the youtube university mm -hmm. to get started with something uh -huh. once you understand and you want to start operating in mastery that's when it's time to contact folks like barrett and say okay cool i get the podcast thing but i'm trying to do more than just do this thing mm -hmm. i'm trying to be a boss in this thing mm -hmm. again it looks just like dan fox right he threw that pass we can't tell the difference because yeah. he's been at it that long. Yeah, yeah that was a great analogy. <laughs> we can't tell the difference between him just doing it and throwing it away and mastery because mm -hmm. the fact that he probably has mastered it at a level yeah. that we don't understand. Right. And so, again, for him, he's like, yeah, I'm just throwing it away. But for him and that receiver who have yeah. been at this who have right. abilities yeah. upwards of what the capable the normal person would have mm -hmm. you can't tell the difference you can't tell the so difference. for you all out there again y'all just looking at stuff and say i'm gonna do it understand that there's another level to it and that level only comes when you hang around with people when you tap into people and tap into resources where you can master that thing yeah. Okay. So that that's like my biggest tip to y'all. So if y'all want to master podcasts, at the end of the day, again, Barrett, where do they need to go? Like if if they want to learn how to put together and get some help with putting out an amazing podcast, where do they need to go? I just want to text me. Text text the word podcast. Just text the word podcast to nine two nine two four four. Four three two three nine two nine two four 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 three two three, and we'll have a talk. Let's have a talk about it. Text podcast to nine two nine two four 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 three two three, and let's have a talk. Perfect. Nine two nine two four 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 three two three. I'll make sure I include that in all descriptions um, as well, so folks have access to that, y'all. So again. Uh, if y'all want to blow some people away, and again, what's beautiful about the Dan Falk thing, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I'll just make this one last analogy so folks understand. Because to you, it says, "Well, he said he did it on accident. He didn't mean it." There is, I've made. I, I don't catch the ball very well when I played football. Right, mm -hmm. I, I was a safety, so that's. I did. That, that, was, that was my thing. I did. And I, actually, the, the funny, the receiver he threw it through John Jefferson was one of my favorites. I used to, yeah. One of the first ones I used to see make one-handed catch, and now they do it all the time. And this was without gloves. So, mm. um, so it, and so again, I, I was pretty much opposite of that. Take the big man to admit that. Just, Justin. just, just um. I play defense for a reason. Okay. <laughs> We're wide receivers and running backs that can't catch That's at that point it. in time. You know, Ahmad Rashad uh, said that one time. He said, if you got a great athlete that can't catch, catch. defensive back. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I remember this one game. They drove all the way, you know, this team was playing, drove all the way down the field, uh -huh. threw the ball in the end zone. Um, I was there, caught this interception. But what was crazy is I didn't realize I caught it until after the fact. Mm. Now, to some of y'all, that seems like that's accident. But understand that every practice, you do drills yeah. to practice catching the ball. Muscle memory. To the point where you develop muscle memory. There's mm -hmm. so many amazing plays yeah. are like over my career mm -hmm. that... Usually those plays are what they call, when they say lights out, usually they mean that the, the thief, it's lights out because you're shutting stuff down. Yeah. When I think of lights out, it means that like mentally, like there was nothing there. It was yeah. all yeah. muscle memory. But yeah. muscle memory comes from mastery. And so again, when even when he says, yeah, it was an accident, yeah. I would beg to differ 
that yeah, there was I know some right that there was some form of muscle not. memory between him and that practice with that receiver right. Right. that that was a go-to play but it goes to back make. to what you said earlier his intention was to throw it away but the muscle memory right. still threw it in a place where it could be caught exactly 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 so i said all that to say is again if if y'all just want to kind of do stuff that's fine but if y'all want to work with some folks that have some muscle memory some mm -hmm. mastery then make sure y'all check out the resources available to y'all um anything else you want to leave us with today mr matthews man i'm just happy to be here brother i just you know I, you i love chopping it up with you man you know that so <laughs> it's, like, it's like this is like for those y'all don't know whether the camera was on or not, the mic, Justin and I can just talk about this anytime, any day. Mm -hmm. It's just how we are. So this is, I just, I'm just glad to be here. I hope that I'm able to help somebody. I hope the information I gave was valuable to somebody. And like I said, if you want to talk, text me. We'll see if we can help you out. But um, I like what Justin said. Uh, uh, one other thing I want to add. One, one of our good friends, uh, Dr. Golden, he, he, he told me this. He said, people, he, he said, people, what is it? People, to see, learning is not done for knowledge. Most people think it's done for knowledge. Learning is done for mastery. Mm. Just so you can have a lot of knowledge, but that ain't gonna do that. Mastery is, the, and I always look at it like this. I tell people who, and we all know these people that say, hey, I, I read a book a week. I read a book a month. That's like, if someone said, I heard a guy say, he said, well, if you go to the end of the year and ask him to tell you about every book, they can't. But if you take one book and you read it month after month after month, guess what happens by the end of the year? You have mastered that. that book. Mm -hmm. You've mastered it. And when you've mastered it, you can do so much with that knowledge you have now. So back to what Justin said, man. Just master it. Just focus on mastery. Perfect. Perfect. All right, y'all. Um, Barrett, as usual, I appreciate you. Uh, Thank you, my brother. All of y'all watching today, make sure y'all share this with a friend a fan member, or even that rival fan of your worst football team. I understand. Those folks suck, but they need this information too, y'all. I appreciate you and all that you do. As usual, treat each day as a building block to a better future. Peace.